15th of July, 2011. James, welcome to podcast number 165. Hi there, Ian, and how is the world of the couch near you? We're a bit of a stretched couch today, but uh, yeah. it's always good to uh, catch up with you and talk about what's hot and what's new in the world of digital media and entertainment. Absolutely. What are our normal kind of themes we like to talk about well, we for 25 and, minutes or so? We try and crash through what's happening in business, uh, mm-hmm. a bit of technology action, uh, how we deliver content and how that's changing Mobile news, if there is any, uh, gaming and the uh, ubiquitous other category, which we just talk about things that we think are interesting. And how do we find all these wacky stories for the benefit of the listener? Well, we do obviously copious amounts of research ourselves, of course. Uh, but if you have Indeed. any stories you can feed to us, uh, we'd love to hear from you at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yeah, and these are basically stories that we think, after sifting through the vast feeds of the world, we think mm. of, of most interest, certainly to us and maybe to you as well. So do let us know if there's anything cool there. And there's also the show notes that Ian puts together. Yep, um, and so have a look at them and you can you can find more uh, sort of sources to our sources. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, um, lots of uh, news this week. Couldn't go by on the business front without looking at the uh, uh, the the Murdoch family, or News International, I suppose, pulling out of mm. buying the whole of uh, B-Sky B. Mm, so what, um, does this, what does this mean, James? Like, uh, does that mean they're going to hold off for a while? They're giving up altogether? Uh, they're obviously, yeah, they're uh, well, there's all sorts of theories abounding. It's quite interesting over here in the US where I, I am mm, at the moment. There's the perspective um, over there? There's still a lot of... Uh, it's hit the headlines, really. People have really kind of seen it, and there's the, the, the worrying mm. effect here is they're saying, well, maybe um, you know he's not a a good and upstanding citizen and therefore shouldn't actually have a license to hold the Fox network. Oh, no. Um, ramifications. Well, potentially, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where that sits, but then there's other people saying, oh, maybe he's just done it because he wants to get the stock price of Sky to tank so he can get it for less. <laughs> um, yep. Um, but, it, I mean, I guess, interestingly, uh, lots of a few funnies around the story was that the, I think the mm. Financial Times in the UK spelt his name wrong on the front page with a, <laughs> a CK as opposed to a CH, which, um, oh, if no. you look in the show notes, you've paid tribute to that. Um, and uh, kind of that was, that was quite interesting. Um, terrible. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is this, this whole phone hacking thing, which is, is all come mm. from in America. Again, what is this? As far as I know, this phone hacking is basically people... It is still hacking, don't get me wrong, listener. Mm. Um, but, you know, essentially people, most of us don't bother changing the default password on our mobile phone voicemail mm-hmm. account. So basically anyone can call up a number and enter, you know, like the last four digits or something of your yeah. phone number and you're in or it says the first time you use it, there isn't a password. And mm. I guess especially busy celebs and stuff um, don't bother changing the password. So a wily reporter can just simply phone up the phone number, obviously mm. they have to get that from somewhere and then they can instantly kind of get access from the, um, for the person's mm. voicemail and, mm. and check it out. And obviously the, you know, the nefarious nature of some of these things, it wasn't just celebs, it was, you know, victims literally, which is abominable. But, yeah. uh, you know, listener, if you haven't changed the password on your make mobile sure you phone voicemail, password, make sure you do. So, uh, mm. um, do go ahead with that. Now you've got another story here, which I probably shouldn't comment on. <laughs> so we're looking at, uh, Karima, is that the right name? Who, no, it's uh, Permira. God, sorry, your Permira. spelling is... Uh, go back <laughs> to spelling B101. Owns 51% of NDS right now. Uh, is uh-huh. looking to take 
NDS public again. I mean, is the climate change, mm. James? Is it is now a good time for tech companies to go do IPOs? Um, well, certainly there seems to be quite a few going out. I wouldn't put NDS in the league of sort of the Zingers and LinkedIn's of this world. Um, yeah, but, but it's, it's, a, certainly, it's a billion dollar business. It's a solid, solid business. It's got a revenue stream. Yeah. I mean, surely that's good. <laughs> <laughs> like well, you think so. We'll, we'll wait and see. I think it's the only uh, early filing at the moment, whatever mm-hmm. that means. So uh, no doubt. As, as an employee, I shall be watching it like a hawk to see Absolutely. what that means for me. So um, I think we should uh, see what happens there. But yeah, I think that's... Uh, Hopefully that's a good thing. Um, mm. Right. Um, technology. Yeah. Well, visually, James, visual.ly. Now, this is your story, and I, I don't know what it is and what it means, and you tell me what Okay. It is. Well, vis- visually is, you know, um, if you've ever picked up a copy of Wired, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have picked up a copy of Wired, there's yeah. quite a few kind of data visualizations whether it's large databases or something like that and it's something i guess it's our mm. kind of monkey brains are pretty good at looking at pictures rather than vast streams of numbers i mean yeah. there are a few kind of um matrix readers out there all mm. hail to you but most <laughs> of us like pictures so um visually is a kind of a website where you can go and look at um i guess then typically they're dynamic visualizations of data so people have right. taken databases of mm-hmm. useful information, whether it's, you know, the top 10 stocks over time or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and produced graphs or charts or whatever. And I think a lot of them are just charts and graphs, mm-hmm. um, but it's a place people can go and they can... The idea is it's a bit like a self-curated site. So people can mm-hmm. curate data and okay, put up a cool. visualization, which then, you know, they can essentially make it like a kind of an app store for visualizations in a way so you can they they do curate some of their own ones but as an individual Mm -hmm. you can put your own ones up there as well and potentially sell them um Mm -hmm. and you also have to put in where the the data behind your visualization came from uh, and obviously either claim you have the rights for it or something like that so Uh um that's uh you know but I, i think it's it's pretty cool whether it'll survive or thrive who knows no no bets but it's it's just gone live i i um saw a a pitch from it at the Silicon Valley New Tech meetings mm-hmm. a few months back. But uh, I thought it was pretty good then. And, uh, you know, take a look at it. So it's a bit of a wacky URL, visual.ly. But um, take a look at it and um, you know, cool. enjoy. See if you can use that in any of your uh, presentations or material or, or just find some really just cool visualizations. So Fantastic. Um, um, take so a look at that. Also in the technology category, James, we've got... And this is similar in some ways to, well, I think it's similar. I'm not really sure the technology behind it, but uh, to the cable vision story on the network DVR, or as it's been called now, the cloud DVR. So we have a victory right. for the German uh, online video service Save.TV, uh, who is claiming a major victory over media group RTL, which is the uh, RAII now, in Germany. Yeah, I've I've seen some of these before. I mean, um, and in Germany particularly, because Germany's got, some quite um, unique mm-hmm. different territories. They're different counties or different right. um, states within Germany and they all have different kind of media rules, different, mm-hmm. I guess, from a legacy of some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were people who were doing, there was um, uh, like tape tape it over the internet, there's Toyota and things like that. So there were a number of other other right. similar services saying, well, in, in the old days, and this was, you know, harking back to the on, to the VCR, you could phone a friend and ask them to video you something. <laughs> right. And then you could go and pick up the tape. So they're kind of saying, well, this is no What's difference to that? to that service that you could ask someone to tape it. So essentially you're, you're asking a virtual friend on the internet to do it right. for you. I see. Fair yeah. enough. 
Um, I mean, all I have from a technology perspective in this article is that Save.TV currently gives users the ability to view over 43 German language TV stations. That's all I know, but... Uh, hmm. And it's called German Online VCR. So I think it is a bit like that where... Um, where are their data well, centers it's, in, it's, the, in the right place for it's recording? It's stretching things? it a bit, isn't it? It's kind of saying, well, it's not a friend, it's a community. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not... Um, that seems a bit wacky to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that would fly in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in Germany it does. Um, so we'll, you know, I guess we'll see, I suppose. Mm, cool. We will see. So um, Netflix has been in the news in the content delivery world. Yeah. So um, now we're looking at Netflix being released on the Nintendo 3DS. Now, yeah. You, uh, you 3DS. One of these yet, have you? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've got time for a handheld. I've seen the 3DS. I think it's a nice, nice piece of kit, mm, uh, and I like the sure. the. Um, I saw it at uh, GDC. Actually, it was quite cool. But I mean, I think the other, you know, Netflix is also essentially they sort of seem to be backing out of the packaged media postal service mm. uh, by jacking up the rates for that. Yeah. Um, and the other one to go online. Exactly, and the other big yeah. news was Spotify launched in the US yesterday. Mm. Um, so those of you who aren't familiar with the Spotify service been very successful or, oh, I don't know very successful but it's I think cash flow positive popular, yeah. um, in the UK where people and I know, you know I've got family who have given mm. up buying music anywhere and just subscribe to Spotify right um, and that's it they just you can, whatever music they want whenever they want it but they pay a subscription as opposed to buying it exactly exactly mm. um, so launching the US um Oh, that's cool. You know, the, the, there's there's some thoughts about whether they've been sort of trumped by Apple with their mm. kind of music amnesty service, which is going live later in the year. It was announced mm-hmm. um, at WWDC, but it's not not live yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still involves cloud based stuff. And I, I guess the other thing I heard this week, which was quite interesting, you know, yeah. Amazon have got this cloud player for music. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd also, uh, and they're also talking now in the US about caps on internet usage. Some guy had been have had his cable cut by uh, Comcast apparently for <laughs> really? using using way too much data and what he'd Looking done he'd taken advantage of this Amazon all you can eat cloud music service and uploaded all of his music yeah which clearly clearly was like 200 gigabytes of music and had gone over <laughs> his gone over his limit and so he'd been chopped for, I don't know it's, it could be one of these kind of urban myths but allegedly he'd he'd used all his internet up and so Comcast had uh, taken chopped the right off. to chop his cable but that you know that's I okay, guess an edge case mm. but you know, getting all your stuff into the cloud is a challenge. Um, mm. I guess the Apple angle is where they're just recognizing what you've got and then, you know, saying, yeah, we've, rec- we've got that already, mm-hmm. which is a bit like the tape over the internet thing we talked yeah. about just now. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, content delivery is getting shaken up a bit by you mm. know, the internet. The internet is, is getting full, especially, you know, we know Netflix is, what, 20% of all internet traffic. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, so... You know, multicast streaming. Oh, hang on. Sounds a bit like broadcasting. Um, <laughs> so, yep, uh, the distinction is a subtle but important one. Yeah, but Netflix marches on, gets onto more mm. more things. More I, I had a bad kind of, I say a bad Netflix experience. I was you know, halfway through a series and it suddenly disappeared. But I guess yeah, the rights the are getting mixed up. Yeah. And, so, uh, um, I had the same problem on, on Apple. I subscribed to a series there and halfway through it just vanished and it's like oh okay well what do I do now then so mm. again you know you don't care about when, I mean and I subscribed to it they gave me my money back so I'd watched half the series for free 
fine, but you know, I'd much rather they just kept the money and I watched the rest of the series. Like, how hard can that be? Come on. So, but yeah. Presumably, that's some kind of edge case. Was that a rental thing where you rented the series, or was it, uh, or is it just you know what happens if if I, as a no, consumer bought I've I've bought the whole series but I haven't downloaded them all? Yeah, and well, then it was one of these. Then um, the content hits the rights wall, presumably. Yeah, so so that's so it, you it was can't one of these. Um, yeah. You could. You, I mean, I owned I owned licensed got copies of mm. the TV series, uh, but uh, you only got the series each episode as it was released. So. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was perfectly happy with that. That's fine. I so say you got a new episode every week. Mm. Great. Uh, but then, then they stopped, and and I got to keep uh, the ones that I had. But what's the point? Because you want to watch the rest of the series, right? So yeah, mm, anyway. that's weird. Mm. But you did but, did you buy it on an episode by episode basis, or did you subscribe no, to the, the season pass? Said, yep, I'll subscribe to the whole series. Go done. Sorted. I think you need to um, waste a bit of your life on the line to uh, iTunes technical support. <laughs> yeah you want your money back yep oh mm-hmm. no they gave me my money back that, that was fine that was, oh, okay. that was fine it's just the fact okay. that now I have half a series and well what do I do now so yeah I guess I mean that's that's one of these complicated things where the rights are different and it's all changing and uh, also there was the ultraviolet guys the Desi I don't know if you're familiar no, with them these are the story. guys who are trying to do a, a cross industry rights locker for oh, content yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit like kind of and understandably Apple, Disney mm-hmm. uh, are not in on this, uh, then, but everyone else is. What's the point? Well, you know, everyone else is allegedly okay, doing it, but right. it's going to come out. And it's, and it's similar usage rights to an iTunes right. thing. You've got, you know, 10 devices per home, three copies, multiple mm-hmm. downloads. So you don't, the idea being you, you own the rights, not the content, and you can download the content from a cloud or something. Mm-hmm. And you could also upgrade from a packaged media to an online one, etc. But that, that's cool. just kind of come out of the closet I mean, um, I did. Recently, I did think it was pretty cool that the last time I bought a, a Blu-ray, I, like I bought the 3D version of Tron. It came with mm-hmm. 3D Blu-ray, DVD, and a license file thing where you could actually download it and put it on your iPhone. Which, I mean, yeah, or Windows Media device, for, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you can, can ask for much more than that. Like, you know, I've got no reason to pirate that or try and convert it or anything. It's done for me. That's great. So. Really yeah, no, and that's that's the idea. But then whether you can move it across devices and things like that, that's what yeah, they're trying to sort out. But I think, yeah. you know, these unhappy consumers, when mm-hmm. things just change because the legal distribution agreement has run out, is, is a is a tricky one. Exactly. So, anywho, um, mobile news. Bit thin any on the ground. News. Any, um, you know, um, have I got any mobile news? Uh, loads of people are downloading apps. You know, Android is killing... Uh, iOS, uh, normal kind of noise that's going out there. Uh, although I did see some stuff saying that I uh, Android less apps are being developed by Android users. Mm. Um, and also, I saw an interesting um, company. If you're a, uh, an iOS or Android developer, called mm. Criticism. Criticism, um, right? Sp- uh, spelt Critter, then C I S M. I just knew it had um, to be spelled in a funny way. Yeah, in a funny way. But uh, and they're doing quite an interesting kind of. It's like a crash log for apps um, because okay. a lot of reviews on the app store yeah. for new stuff, they haven't been thoroughly tested right. by anyone, I guess. So yeah. lots of this, obviously, even in the iOS world, there's quite a lot of variation of devices and mm. software variants because mm. not everyone knows how to upgrade. And it's, I guess it's even worse or even more complex in the Android world. Mm-hmm. So they're giving some sort of online libraries that when the app crashes, it mm. comes up with a more of a sensible kind of 
dialogue about oh sorry the app's crashed would you like to send a bug report yeah, right. rather than people going to the app store the yeah. first review they write is this app crashed and it's rubbish yeah or this app doesn't do this i thought it did i've been ripped so <laughs> they can keep that within the in, in the, the community and the yeah, and the yeah. app yeah and the app developer can then get proper feedback yeah uh, and rather than have bad reviews they get they find out what the bugs are and they can and sort of fix them. Yeah, and they things. can even cool. push out updates to people and stuff like that. So it seemed like quite a good um, good solution. Probably get rolled into the next release of iOS 6 or something. But, uh, oh, very cool. There we go. Good, good uh, all props to them. Um, so that was a brief mobile bit. Gaming, what's happening? Gaming, so I saw an, I saw an, an interesting article, James, that caught my eye that said uh, women play computer games just as much as men and they prefer gaming to sex survey reveals. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. We should talk about that on the podcast. Now, having well, I think they're doing it wrong, aren't they? Presumably, that's the uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing what's the answer to that yeah. one. <laughs> um, so, so where's this from? The, oh, but I mean, let's look at this in reality. It's yes. from the Mail Online, the Female Online, in fact, which is a UK paper for those who don't know, with a specific section. Um, and the example I think they've got here looks a bit like Second Life to me. <laughs> and not only that, it turns out that the survey was done by the well-known Doritos. Survey Doritos. <laughs> Uh, and it turns out that Doritos are releasing an app. What a coincidence, James! How what? How well, I can see the yeah, I can see the attraction of um, you know Farmville to sex. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, but, uh, some, some, a couple of a couple of the guys at Doritos have rung up their mates and a few other people and, and asked them some questions about gaming. So I don't actually know how much. I think uh, we're victims of, of adver- advertorial. Advertorial, That's well and truly, really, yep. That's good news. Right at the bottom, the Um, survey follows the launch of the Doritos Dip Desperado mobile app and Facebook game. Visit www.facebook.com slash Doritos to play. Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, so moving swiftly on. (laughs) (laughs) I must, I haven't actually, I'm console-less at the moment. I must get my OnLive box back and have another go on that. Um, Yeah, well, OnLive is available in the UK now, so uh, when I'm back in Dublin, I'm going to give it a crack, although we're not actually strictly in the UK, but sometimes they forget that Ireland's not part of the UK, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, now Mm. the favourite part about the whole thing is the wacky stuff. So um, you start with your funny astronaut story, what's all that about? James, did you know that astronauts, while they're in a spacewalk, can't whistle? I didn't, no. And no, what's the rationale behind no. this one then? <laughs> uh, it turns out that the the air pressure in the uh, spacesuit is so low, like obviously it's enough to keep you alive, but it's not enough to be able to blow hard enough to actually whistle. Now, I know this is not necessarily strictly speaking. That sounds <laughs> bogus to me. Well, that's what they say. Apparently a few of the different astronauts have tried it. They even name some of them. Uh, Dan Barry in 1999 uh, and they say fortunately it did not affect the mission uh, you know whistle if you need more oxygen oh he's not whistling <laughs> you must be okay um, yeah well I know whistling I mean my my dad uh, was on submarines and you mm-hmm. weren't allowed to whistle on a submarine either yeah, right. because you whistling just used well, you weren't allowed to be, uh, no it wasn't so much that it was that whistling suggests there's an air leak it's like a high oh, bit of air moving or right. something. So yeah. whistling on anything in a contained space is not a good idea right. because people might think there's a problem and get okay. quite worried about it. Um, so maybe it's a similar thing here. I mean, it suggests that you're 4.3 pounds per square inch on the water. So you're basically 
in a partial vacuum in a spacesuit. I guess otherwise you would inflate like a balloon, wouldn't you? But <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to inflate like a balloon anyway because you're in mm. a total vacuum. Mm. I What's find that a bit you've have, weird. You've got to have uh, enough enough pressure to stop the rest of the universe pushing in on you or actually well, keeping maybe that, that's keep why, in, actually. Cause maybe that's why astronauts there. move so slowly because they, <laughs> they haven't got enough oxygen to well, breathe. Well, that's, that's one point. Then, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. But apparently humming mm. still works. I mean, they can still speak, <laughs> right? So... I mean, humming is no different from talking, really. So, it's this I mean, mm. whistle while you work and leave it to beaver theme. I haven't. Um, well, that's what they were trying to whistle, apparently, and couldn't do it. And I, I don't know that particular theme, James. Does it matter? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, I, I think that's bizarre. Position. If you can't, if you can't whistle, I'm not sure you can breathe. So, um, <laughs> I think this is bogus. Well, let us know, You're folks, if you bogus. think it's call bogus. Feed, okay. Feedback at on the couch podcast. I think it's yep. for safety reasons myself. Have you have you been in space? Have you whistled? Tell us on uh, <laughs> feedback head on the Catch Podcast. Right, uh, my story is far I, more. I think I'm voting your story better. here is the weirdest story of the year so far. Oh, thank you. Um, now, this is someone who's trying to recreate voice from first principles um, using a device where basically they've kind of built a plastic and silicon throat and nasal cavity yeah um kind of thing and there is a there's a youtube uh, video of it which doesn't sound particularly convincing um <laughs> and in fact it looks slightly it, scary and in fact it looks it, it looks well, totally it looks, scary <laughs> it looks and there's some quite amusing comments and it's like what a filthy design only made only a japanese man could have made this it's uh it's uh, I'm I'm not maybe it's some weird experiment where they were actually making it for something else and thought mm, what else can we <laughs> what do, else can we do um, well I, I mean I yeah. get the, the 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 cool part of it is uh you know I get the fact that it they've got a larynx that vi- well something that vibrates and they and they alter the shape of the mouth cavity in order to make sounds and even the tongue moves um mm, you're obviously wondering listeners what this cavity. is all about <laughs> you, do, you, have to, you kind of have to look at the video otherwise it makes no sense but uh, I mean I do like mm. the fact that they're using kind of uh, yeah, using it to self-teach itself, so you can you can you can listen to its sound and it tries to reproduce the sound and tries different things until it gets closer. So I kind of like the artificial intelligence angle here. I guess like a child um, learning to speak. I mean, it's yeah. it's like making sounds and and it can. The, I don't think the lips can be moved other than opening. You can't actually move the lips a lot other than open and close. It's yeah, quite simple. Kind of flabby sounds. kind of lips, don't they? Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think it's quite an interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting experiment. technique. Mm. And quite why. You need to make a physical model. I'm not sure. Well, I guess, guess you do get make the feedback. A natural kind of. I mean, you can you can get speaking everything now already, and mm. you know a lot of the very smart um, voice speech synthesis these days actually uses entire words and entire parts of phrases to string together rather than just little phonemes, which is basic. What we used to do. Yeah, basic sound. Well, but then if you're making a sound font, you do need to have those base sounds that you can put together to make mm, words. Words that it doesn't know um, about. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But I mean, how many how many letters are there in the vocal alphabet? Uh, there's about, well, it, I can't actually remember off the top of my head, but it's not, not thousands. It's like hundreds or 50, kind of 60, that kind of number. I guess it depends which language as well, I suppose. Yeah, that's but, true. It um, depends on the language. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess if you're trying to make it from first print, see, the, the whole disappointing bit about the whole speaking robot thing here is that it makes mm. kind of ums and ahs and zzz and zzz and zzz the noises, but it, it doesn't, doesn't actually say, say a single word. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Maybe it's undecided. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's pausing for thought. Um, 
<laughs> How would you so feel if you were just a vocal cavity and that's all you had to say? Well, all you had <laughs> it's, to anyway. yeah, and, and not the most attractive vocal cavity as well. <laughs> Got to um, see the video, guys. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I guess that around wraps us up for today Uh, and we should be back with you in a week or so um, weekly cadence but uh, it's thank you very much for listening tell your friends write us a review on iTunes send us feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com goodbye for me James and goodbye for you cheers bye This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 